Welcome back to What One Thing, a smart meetings podcast that provides you with a shortcut to the top of the events world by asking successful people what made the difference in their careers and lives. I'm Marin Bright, founder and CEO of Smart Meetings, and we have a special treat for you today. My friend, Michelle Rourke, is a true Renaissance woman. She is a World Cup champion skier. She overcame many physical setbacks and went on to put her understanding of biology and science to work by starting and running FIA Lab, a groundbreaking wellness resource that helps enhance performance based on individual needs. She's going to share her secrets to overcoming the unthinkable to be a force of nature in any endeavor. Welcome to the podcast, Michelle. I'm so excited to have you here. I feel like we've had you speak at Smart Meetings before and absolutely loved it. I'm such a fan of your products. I so believe in what you do. And I just love that you went to Colorado School of Mines where my father went, which is a real brainiac. A lot of people don't know, but it's like a Harvard for mining and very male dominated. And you graduated cum laude. So that's amazing. And I'm just so excited to hear all about that. But also, you were a fierce athlete. You sparkle like a diamond. You innovate by mastering a mass spectrometer and have the tenacity of a bulldog to become a CEO of a startup. So I definitely can attest to how much work that is. So I want to start by asking you if you could share with us what it's like competing at the highest level of any sport that can be physically punishing. Absolutely, Marin. I just want to say thank you. I'm so happy to be here. I I love what you do and what you do to empower women. And thank you for that really beautiful introduction. I'm so grateful and so happy to be here to spread the energy and FIA and what we do today. So thank you for that. And then to get to your question, I think you were asking me about World Cup mogul skiing. Yes, yes. You have such a fascinating, colorful background. I think it's so rich and our audience would love to hear more about that. Well, you know, when I was five years old, I knew I wanted to do two things. I wanted to compete in the Olympics and be a chemical engineer. I started off in figure skating and I loved figure skating and I was super, super competitive at it. Nationally ranked all of these things. And when I was 15, my parents got a divorce and the figure skating was just too much of a financial drain on them. And I was crushed and devastated, but I was like, how can I still accomplish my goal of competing in the Olympics? So when one door slam, find a window and climb through. And I knew I was good at skiing. I had usually skied on the weekends with my father. I jumped right into competing in freestyle mogul skiing when I was 16. And I made the US ski team my first year. Wow. Your first year. (laughs) That's fierce. That's amazing. Well, yeah, the the ice skating really translated into skiing. And my dad was such a ski fanatic, whether his kids wanted to or not, we were going to learn to ski. So I was skiing while I was skating. So it made for an easy transition. It just definitely didn't come without its own challenges and, and bumps in the road. And I know your podcast is called That One Thing. So that one thing is just being able to get over all of those bumps and hurdles that are thrown at you from so many different directions for For example, I was kicked out of the house when I was 15. I stayed with my dad long enough to get a car. And then I moved up to the mountains. And literally, I lived in a tent for many years up in the mountains. Wow. Working like three jobs and rolled myself in the high school up in Winter Park. And still wanted to get good grades because I still wanted to go to Colorado School of Mines and be a chemical engineer. So, And, you know, I find you such a fascinating person on so many levels. You To look at you, and I know our audience, this is a verbal podcast, but you are 
are so beautiful and such a girly girl. And here you are living in a tent, competing in the Olympics, and then going to Colorado School of Mines, which is such a male-dominated and being, you know, all of that brainy stuff that you do with your degree and, and being top in your class in engineering. But you were really on the forefront of baking ground for many women who didn't think that they could compete on that level. I'd love to hear more about how you found your inspiration. What one thing, which you mentioned earlier. I was really blessed to have a really unique experience young in life. When I say that I went up to the mountains and lived in a tent, that was such a beautiful experience. And I really, I I don't want to sound too metaphysical or anything, but I, I really felt like something larger than myself was always watching over me. And I grew a very big spiritual connection with the earth and mother nature. I I feel like it was more my mother than anything else. And that unique experience just allowed me to be in touch with my heart space. And so that one thing is always following your heart, you know, and yes, there are so many things that can be thrown in your way. But when you're in alignment with what you're here to do, you're really listening to yourself. You don't let anything come in the way of that, right? Because there's so many naysayers and money and excuses. And I, you know, I had seven knee surgeries. Um, I've had two near-death experiences. There's been so many things. I always take those challenges and think, oh my goodness, what is this here to teach me? What is this reflecting back to me? What can I learn from this? You are way ahead of the game on that. I mean, with mindfulness and all of that has really come of age more recently, but you were way out ahead of that. And all those knee surgeries and all of those struggles and setbacks. And I have to say, if I was 15 living in the woods, I think fear would be, I'd be like looking for bears around every corner. You're brave. (laughs) I would call you the definition of brave. Well, thank you. There definitely were bears, but I had a plan for that. So a friend had told me if if you do hear bears, make a lot of noise, like just make a lot of noise. So I did have like a pan and a wooden spoon in my tent. And there were some nights where I was just banging that like crazy because I could hear hear something out there. I I just want to clarify, I was 16. So I did have a car because I I, I couldn't do it without that. So I had this beat up, (laughs) really rusted out Jetta that I could, the seats didn't go back, it didn't go down in the back seat, but I'm not very tall. So I could lay like lengthwise in the in the back seat. And so if I really was scared or the weather was too bad, that's where you would find me. I mean, it's so amazing that you did that and yet went to school, got into a phenomenal college and were able to excel athletically. I mean, that without, you know, parental support, that is truly a testimonial to your inner compass and something that I think so many people would love to know more about and your amazing ability at such a young age to, you know, overcome and do all of that. I just think you're, it's phenomenal. It really is. Thank you. You know, like I said, I had an interesting experience and I'm very, very grateful for that experience. And I I definitely read books about how to be an Olympian when I was younger. I was trying so hard to accomplish that goal. I definitely was determined. The tenacity was innate in me. And, and a lot of those books always said, you know, I couldn't have done this without my family support or my support group or my blah, blah, blah. And they almost always contributed their family for their success. And and so I did sort of have this like hurdle inside of myself or in my subconscious mind that I wasn't going to be able to do this without the support of my family. And luckily, you know, after seven knee surgeries, (laughs) I was was almost ready to give up. I was leading the World Cup in 2000. And then 2001, I went down with a really bad knee injury and I missed the 2002 Olympics. And 
I had also missed the 98 Olympics and like 1994 Olympics. So I was, I was ready to give up, but I think the, the universe, when you're in alignment and you're consistent and you're positive, sends you what you need at the right times. I was blessed to meet some really wonderful people in my life at that time who finally, I felt like, I know you should always believe in yourself, but when you do have some challenges in your upbringing, it can have those subconscious beliefs in your system that you're not good enough or you can't do this by yourself. Or I had family members who told me that I was spoiled. They didn't think I would do well there anyways, and I was never going to make it and I was never going to do it. And when it's your family, that's that's a really hard thing to get around. And so anyways, in, in the early 2000s, I met some people who really believed in me and they weren't family, but they felt like family. And that really, really made all the difference for me. Just out of curiosity for our audience, how many Olympics were you in? I was in two. Yeah, I did the 2006 and the 2010. Excellent. And did you break bones? Is that Was that what was happening? It was all knees and it was always tendons and ligaments. And so tearing the ACL, reconstructive surgery, it takes about right. six months to a year to recover from something from one knee surgery on a physical level. But what I find so interesting, and I write about it in my book, once I had this almost 20 years on World Cup skiing professionally is is unheard of for a freestyle mobile skier and especially someone who had so many knee surgeries. Uh, Usually people get a knee surgery and they're just done. Everybody counts. Right. You're like, they're done. We're not going to see them again. And I kept, I kept bouncing back and I really go back and look at all of that from the natural laws of physics and explain it from a more scientific perspective. Like what was maybe causing those, the tangles in my energy body, what I uh, needed to find, what I needed to release subconsciously and how that really made all the difference in the long run. And since I had such an extended career, I could put the, I could connect all the pieces for any like young athletes. I highly recommend they read the book because it, it really does help explain how you can get around all of that with some really simple practices, which, you know, is really the basis of my, my company now. Let's talk about that. I have your book. I love your book. It's called be a force, (laughs) which totally, and your, I think your brand is uh, Fia be a force and you are a force and you you walk your talk in so many ways and I, I think if folks are inclined they will glean so much uh, wisdom from your book so I highly recommend that but tell us about your biological essences I absolutely the very first I mean they called to me I was I remember I was at the Broadmoor at the spa and they were featuring your products Fia and the confidence and adventure and the muscle testing and it just spoke to me on so many levels. Tell us about how you evolved through professional skier and brainiac and Colorado School of Mines, graduating top of the class. And now this is a pretty feminine, powerful FIA that you've started. Tell us about that. Well, I would love to. And I can um, talk your ear off on this. When I was training for the 2006 Olympics, I had missed so many Olympic games and I really (laughs) clearly wanted to go. So I was trying to cross all of my T's and dot all of my I's. And when my sports psychologist said, make sure you visualize with all five of your senses. So here, feel it, see it, taste it, smell it. I could do all of them, but smell. I had no idea what it smelled like to ski well. So I thought, I'll find a fragrance. I'll wear it just for skiing and it'll be my scent of competition. Only I was highly dissatisfied with commercial blends. They would often give me a headache. They'd burn my nose. They weren't doing anything for me. I did some research. I found out how toxic commercial perfumes can be. And so I decided to 
apply my background and come up with my own. And the first thing I did was I bought up every single antique perfume book I could find. I took courses in Grasse and Thailand and New York. I became a certified perfumer and I was making these concoctions out of pure all natural essences. Essential oils, pure natural ones have a much, much higher frequency than we do. So I found that I could combine them in such a way that would amplify that energy and then that energy on my largest organ, my skin, was actually having a profound effect on my ability, well, I would say like my emotional body to drop into the zone. So elite athletes or or people elite in anything, they often are trying to get into that state of flow or athletes like to call it the zone. People have all sorts of names for it. And it's that feeling and emotion of skiing perfectly, not being able to put a foot wrong where everything just falls into place. And we do certain things on competition day to try to invoke the zone. We all have have a specific playlist on our iPods, so certain type of music that we're listening to. We do a ton of visualization. We often have our competition drinks, so we have a specific taste in our mouth, like a little dry mouth when being nervous, but then mixed with your Gatorade. You know what that tastes like. We wear our lucky wool socks or our lucky fleece sweater, you know, so we have a certain type of feel. But what I found is we were all overlooking the sense that's directly tied to the part of the brain we're trying to drop into, which is your sense of smell that's tied to motion and memory. So if we want to invoke that emotion and memory, that feel of skiing perfectly, the quickest and easiest way to do that is through your sense of smell. And so that's how I got started was making these concoctions for first myself that was really helping me. I found that I had moments of greatness in my career until that point, but I wasn't very consistent. And I mean, I could win World Cups, but I wasn't consistently winning World Cups. And I had a lot of tangles in my energy body because I had a really, really interesting and rough childhood. (laughs) And it was a lot of energy from me to try to block all of that out so I could really be in the present moment. When you're hucking yourself off of a jump 30, 20 feet into the air doing a back full and landing in a field of moguls, you don't want to be thinking about what you're having for lunch, right? You don't want to... Requires focus. Yes, you need to be fully... (laughs) present and fully relaxed at the same time. You need to be in the state of flow. And so it was just taking me so much effort to get there that this became such a great tool for me that I drop into flow instantly and consistently. And I was having much better consistent results on World Cup and, you know, two Olympic games more and and totally injury free the last seven years I skied on on World Cup. Wow, wow, wow. I am so with you. I'm so into aromatherapy. I do the vision boards. I'm into affirmations. And when I read your book and about the scent, I remember, you know, for me, and I also am very into smells and how powerful they are. I can still remember my mother when she would kiss me goodnight. She smelled like Chanel number five. And to this day, when I smell Chanel number five, I feel love. And it's a strong emotion. It's huge. And a lot of people aren't as aware of that being such a powerful powerful impact. And if I recall, and maybe you can share your essences or the different 
topics you have named them. I think there's adventure. I think there's focus, confidence. You've named them. Maybe you can share with us and you have very pure ingredients. I feel so good when I put them on my body. I mean, I don't want to sound like a commercial, but I am very picky about those things as well. And your products are absolutely phenomenal. And I did I get them all? Yeah. So so while I was on World Cup, I would douse my pink sparkly nickator with like sequins and roses on it with my concoction. And I knew I was onto something when the boys on my team would literally tackle me to take my pink sparkly nickator because they wanted to ski with it for their competition run. And if they were willing to ski in pink and sparkles, I thought, you know, <laughs> I might be onto <laughs> something here. And so it really helped some people, but not everybody. And so I took a deeper dive into what that was. And I started making concoctions based on people's personality or their personal reality. And it was having a profound effect on, you know, not just people on my team, but teams from other countries. And Jen Heil, I think still to this day has the most World Cup wins in mogul skiing. <laughs> Obviously, she's not uh, a but in mogul skiing um, to this day, and she is still a big fan of my focus blend because I always made that for her on World Cup. And so when I retired after the 2010 Olympics, I really wanted to understand this on more of a scientific perspective. Obviously, this sounds like aromatherapy you just mentioned, you know, dealing with pure essential oils that can have a profound effect on people's health and wellness. And that has been a medicine around for 3,000 years. And my right. thought, why is this so pushed aside to traditional medicine today? And so I bought up every book I could find. I started reading about it. And I found out fairly quickly why. A lot of the information contradicted itself. There wasn't a lot of data backing anything up. And there was a complete lack of understanding of how and why aromatherapy really worked. And so at the time, I was going back to finish my degree at mine. And I thought, well, you know what, I'm going to show the world from a scientific perspective, how and why this really works, I'm going to do the research and back it up. And so I was trying to prove aromatherapy. And ultimately, what I found is aromatherapy misses the mark, it misses the mark a little bit. And that's why it hasn't got the notoriety and credibility that it deserves back 100 and I think, 20 years ago, Einstein gave us the equation E equals MC squared. Energy is matter and matter is energy. It's just a conversion factor of the speed of light squared, 182 million miles per second, I believe. Anyways, uh-huh. um, if you look at it from that perspective, you have to realize everything is energy. And when you're looking at everything from an energy perspective, you have to look at constructive and destructive interference patterns. And this is what has really blown it out of the water and makes our product so effective and so powerful is that I was trying to figure out a way to measure something about essential oils as a whole because our system in science has always been since the 1600s to break things apart and compartmentalize them and analyze pieces. So for example, we found out about you know white willow bark, the Native Americans would eat it and it would dissipate the pain of a headache. So we isolated the molecule we thought was primarily contributing to the dissipation of the headache and we made aspirin, right? So we just broke it into its pieces and that was just how we were so used to looking at things. And from my perspective, I realized people in the aromatherapy world might say, don't put essential oils right on your skin and don't use myrrh, for example, because if you break myrrh into its components, the third most prominent molecule is actually a very hazardous molecule and you look for it at hazardous waste sites to know if the 
side is safe or not. If you see it there, don't go in, right? But on the flip side, myrrh is one of the most medicinal essential oils there is. It's mentioned 150 times in the Bible. And that is because there's over a thousand molecules in myrrh. And as a whole, it's really medicinal. You can't break it into its parts. If you broke the human body into its parts, we would neglect a very minor chemical constituent, which is iron. It's 0.03% in the physical body, but without it, we would die. So anyways, I, I was... I can tell you are a wealth of knowledge. I could sit and talk about this all day. It is, you have, absolutely have the science. I, I'm in California, so, you know, I love, some people might say it's woo-woo, but I believe in the science of all of what you're talking about to my core. And I could go even further into the, to the rocks and I'm sure you, the crystals and all that goes with that. But you have really taken this concept and turned it into a very successful business. And I think it would be interesting for our audience to hear about how you started your business. Also, if you could touch on that, because, you know, FIA is big now. You've really taken that places. Over COVID, we launched in Japan and business has been off the hook there. They're very much more familiar with the the energy language. They're very familiar with their chi and the energy body. So it's not as much of an education. So it just took off. And we've just been getting loads and loads of case studies and testimonials of people like writing me handwritten notes and giving me gifts and crying, telling me how much our product has changed their lives, how they've thrown away their depression medication and they just use this or how they've lost 25 pounds or got their dream job or just have a brighter smile and feel so much better. And that's because we can now show in science what mystics and yogis and intuitives have always known that one, we have a huge energy body and two diseases manifest here first before they take form in the physical body so if you think of what is health and wellness it's taking care of the energy body and what we do is we found a way of combining essential oils based on their energy footprint that makes their interaction constructive that really amplifies the energy in each of our six energy waves and we take that a step further we combine that in a constructive way to somebody's own unique signature frequency. And when that happens, for lack of a better word, it blows out tangles in the energy body that keep us from being the brightest and best versions of ourselves. So that keeps us from having a restful night's sleep, or it keeps us from having more healthy cravings for our physical body or feeling happy or having more energy throughout the day. Absolutely. And you have a test, if I recall, I did this. Again, your packaging is beautiful. Your the thought that went into to it and, and turning it into a business and really taking this mainstream had to be quite a feat. And when you go to your website, I took the test long ago and hard to, you know, decide I wanted one of everything. But uh, it's really phenomenal how you've taken something that's really quite individual and offered it to the masses in a way that we don't usually see and have access to. So kudos to you because FIA is... Uh, an amazing product and you really have grown and it must be, you know, challenging to do business and staff and products and manufacturing and all those logistics above and beyond, you know, your your science of what you're doing, but you've mastered that. So taking that from the, the level of the concept to actually manifesting it and rolling it out is truly amazing. And I just 
you know, being a CEO, you've got to have a lot of insights into that, I'm sure. What one thing would you say has made your company a success? I, I mean, it's hard to narrow it down to one thing, but I think my experience on World Cup, anybody's experience in athletics is so, so important because you learn how to fall down and get back up, fall down, analyze what happened, hike up the hill, do it again, do it better, do it better, do it right. better. And you don't, you wouldn't let a fall or a major injury or a surgery, you know, deter you from your path. You're still on the same path. It's like, right. what is this here to teach me? And so that's, I think, crucial if you're starting a small business in any, any, Absolutely. Absolutely. I think a lot of people, it's interesting you should say that I started my company 21 years ago, right after the 9-11 and the dot-com bust and all of that. And I can remember, you know, everybody was starting a business on some level for a dot-com and a lot of them weren't making it. And when I launched mine, the thing that always stuck in my head was it's hard and most people won't keep going because it's really hard. There's so many challenges to starting your own and to be able, like you said, to pick yourself back up. And I remember the day that it was a gong in my head, realizing that I wasn't working with somebody else's money as so much .com was. And so it was easy to kind of throw in the towel. When you're totally inventing, you have to get back up. That is that tenacity is what, in my experience, really led to my company success. And it sounds like you've really got that to the core. So kudos to you. I love you. I love your product. I just think you're an amazing person. Your products are phenomenal. And I'm so excited because I get to share and you're going to be speaking at our Smart Woman Summit August 3rd in New York at the Marriott Marquis. So we get to share you with our audience there. And for those who are joining us, they're in for a real treat. And then you're going to actually do some muscle testing and some gifting, which is so exciting for people to be able to walk away with that. And I'm sure you're going to change a lot of lives as as you probably do daily in, in what you do. But to have the opportunity to showcase you is a thrill for me. Well, thank you so much. I'm so excited to be a part of it. And any opportunity to share the energy and FIA is, is my heart right? Because we're on a mission to heal the world one bottle of flowers at a time. And we know we can do that. We just need the platform to keep spreading the knowledge and the research and and what how powerful what nature has for us can be. Absolutely. And I will note that you are an amazing inspirational speaker as well. So put that all together and you're the total package. So as we are closing up today, if you were just going to summarize, and I know it's really hard to, you know, what one thing, but if you were going to leave our audience with something that you felt was like your secret sauce or your Michelle something, what would it be? The word alchemy comes to mind, which is transformation, right? So Mm -hmm. anything that appears to be bad can always be transformed into something better. Energy can't be created or destroyed, but it can be transformed. So I think I live around that word alchemy and transformation. Ah, that's a new word for me. I'm putting that one on the top of my list. (laughs) Thank you so much, Michelle. You are a force and then some, and I am honored to have you here today. And thank you for for sharing your wisdom and all that you do. And I hope for our audience, go look for Fia and buy the book, Be a Force. It's so good. You'll learn so much. And if you can, join us in New York where you'll get to see Michelle live. So until then, we'll see you soon. Be well. 
Meetings, What One Thing was produced by Bright Business Media. Visit smartmeetings.com to subscribe to your daily dose of inspiration.